Rebirth of Venus. I'm Caitlin Matanley, and I'm a spiritual mindset coach, a personal development junkie, an all-around Venus worshiper, and a powerful witch. I'm here to talk dirty about evolution, revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. This week, I have an exciting, incredible interview with Ashlina Caposta, who is an interior designer turned lifestyle designer, an author, a spiritual jewelry designer, and a spiritual and business mentor. Your home is a reflection of your soul. We must create these spaces in order to support and nurture our spiritual evolution. And this is Ashlina's mission in everything she does. Ashlina is the host of the Bliss Vibes Only podcast, which is an amazing podcast where you can get really fun tips and tricks on how to create a blissful life, how to create fun rituals in your life that support who you're becoming, and all kinds of other amazing content. She's the author of Blissful Living and Blissful Living and the Blissful Living Journal, which is an accompanying journal to the Blissful Living book. And she is the founder of the Blissful Living Co., which offers beautiful modern prayer candles, gorgeous high-end crystal jewelry, and more. So welcome to the show, Ashlina. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you, my dear Caitlin. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening. I am doing great. I am so excited to be here, actually, and chatting with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And to everyone listening, I invited Ashlina on the show today because I wanted to talk about how we can elevate our personal spaces to step into our highest potential with pleasure and joy. And knowing that Ashlina is a long, well, long-term, I don't know if that's really the right way, the right way to put it, but a serial entrepreneur. She's been in the entrepreneurial game for a long time. She's actually a former mentor of mine when I was an interior designer. And I wanted to talk to her about how we can create soul-centered business rituals, business practices, and other beautiful rituals to fill the spaces that we create, these sacred spaces in our homes in our offices that really support us on not just our spiritual evolution, but on all of the goals we set in terms of the work that we are here to create in the world. So Ashlina, I am so excited to talk to you about these topics today. And I would love for you just to start by giving us sort of a definition of how you view the importance of a space, a physical space, in how how you view the importance of that space reflecting your highest self and where you're going and what that looks like in your own life. In being in the interior design world, and I've always loved homes. I've always loved people's spaces. I've always loved, you know, going to someone's house and seeing how their house was like an expression of their personality. So I knew from the time I was a young girl the effect that a space had on someone, you know, I would go to like my aunts and uncles houses or my grandparents houses and each of their homes was like, so characteristically who they were, like whether 
it was like super neat and organized or filled with lots of art and travel, you know, things from their travels. It's, you know, you know that someone's home is totally a reflection of their soul and a reflection of who they are. So I became fascinated by this concept very, very young. And so I've always kind of just known that that's like a fact. It's a foundation. It's just how life is. And then through the course of my career and just being passionate about interiors and learning about design and learning about feng shui, you realize just how much that your interior affects you. So it's something as small as making the bed every morning. It can have major shift on your entire day. They say that the average American spends about 87% of their life indoors, which is just fascinating to me because I, in my mind, I'm like, no way that's insane, but it's true. It's fact. So if we, you know, Americans like spend 87% of our life indoor, like what is that telling us about our environments and about the state of our, you know, life, you know, with just illnesses and diseases and all of these things that have like, you know, kind of come over time. Like we've been studying how we eat and we've been studying, you know, all the different things we put inside ourselves, but what about our environment? You know, the air that we're breathing, the energy, the colors, you know, colors, it's called chromotherapy and they actually colors can be used to heal you. You know, the, the colors that you see every day or aromatherapy and oils and the smells, you know, these are all parts of your environment that actually can be used to change your energy to heal you, to affect you on a deep, like physical level. And so a lot of people, let's say, you know, they're working in a cubicle most of their days, and then they just thrive when they're on vacation and these beautiful, you know, towns or countries or wherever, like vacationing and they're seeing the ocean, they're seeing all these great things and they feel like at peace and Zen and bliss and they have to go away to do it. Well, I'm very, you know, focused on passionate and determined that we should be working on our home. If we are spending 87% of our life indoors and maybe a fraction of that, we're on vacation or whatever, but why are we not tending to where we live? And it doesn't just happen to be in your home. It's also like where you work. So let's say you're at an office or a cubicle or even your home office, like the rooms that you spend time in, the people that you spend time with, it's all like cultivated in your environment. And it just plays such a major, major role, but we just don't even think about it. And so I've just seen life transformations. I've seen, you know, people shift, make huge shifts in their life from one thing to another and having a home that nurtures and supports you during that and can, you know, facilitate those transitions. It's a powerful, powerful thing. It really is. And, you know, you were definitely one of, I feel, one of the first people online in the public space to really be talking about these ideas and talking about all of the different ways that our home affects us, not just from the feng shui perspective, although that is a part of it, but also in terms of just the energy we bring to the space, how the space really serves as almost a living vision board for what we're trying to create in our lives. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, you're right because it is like a little bit feng shui that I use and then a little bit just like holistic spiritual practices and rituals. And I sort of tie them together and 
it working with those energies together really does kind of help you to set the space of manifesting the things that you want. It really does. And you know, one of the words that you used really stuck out to me and it was facilitate. So you talked about how our space can facilitate the change we're trying to create in our lives. And I'm wondering if you could give us some examples of how that might look in terms of a space, maybe in your personal in your own personal experiences or experiences of people you've worked with? Well, I can share some of mine, but I'll start with like clients. I have like seen in real life. So client girlfriends of mine, or they were clients and then turned girlfriends, but came to me saying, I want to redesign my apartment. And I'm also like, I'm trying to manifest in a man and a soulmate and my love and you know, this is like really what I want to do. I just want to get my shit together, you know? And so they, they initially came to me looking to design their space. But then, you know, when I sat down, got to know them, asked about their desires, we began to apply some of these spiritual principles, some of the feng shui principles into their spaces. And every single time I literally have four women who were at this place and we like gussied up their love corners and we really worked on their spaces before with the intention that they would draw in their man, that they would, you know, have that relationship and find it before we even finished doing their homes. They manifested a lot of them. Well, three of them actually got engaged and then one of them like got engaged and pregnant within the time, like before amazing. we even finished their time working on that is amazing i love it and so what did they do what 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 exactly i mean we did talk about feng shui a few weeks ago with amanda gibby peters but i love because your approach goes beyond just feng shui and really incorporates these not just design elements but these spiritual elements I'm, I'm, I would love to hear more. And I know the listeners would love to hear more about how they used all of those practices together to bring love into their lives. Totally. Well, it's, so it, it goes beyond feng shui because feng shui will tell you placement of things and energy and the, you know, you want everything to flow. And I kind of practice a different version of feng shui than most people. I'm all about like this flow and everything flowing together. So part of that work that you have to do, first of all, is the mindset, right? You have to do things with intention. You have to absolutely believe in that intention. And then you also have to find support during that time. So you know how sometimes like you want to do something, but when you have someone sitting there, like a coach or something that's like cheering you on and believing with you, you can believe it too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right. It's like more helpful. It's easier. So whether that is, you know, removing people in your life who are kind of like doubters or naysayers and pulling into your life, people that nurture and support you and, you know, cheer you on, you have to also edit your life in that way. So you get really strict with yourself about things when you're really working on your space. So For example, if you're looking to enhance your relationship, and this is how I break it down in my book, in the Blissful Living book, I think you'll know this. So if you're looking for a romantic relationship and you're wanting to nurture that, not only do you do the love corner and feng shui, but what's most important is that you do the bedroom. 
and the color pink vibrates on the energy of the heart chakra, vibrates on the energy of love and healing and compassion and all of those things. So that blush pink color you want in your bedroom. And I am like a big proponent of blush pink sheets. I know. You talked about that a few times recently and I am totally feeling that vibe. (laughs) It's true. And like, I've had a lot of girls reaching out to me like, oh my God, it really does work. We love our sheets. And you know, even the men and like my boyfriend, okay. I will say he was like, okay, no, he is so not into pink. (laughs) He actually really loves our sheets in a weird way. And so you're just like, you realize like it, they come around to it. It all, it actually all works out, but it is something that is actually really transformational no one expects you to, you know, work on something like this to change your life. But when you're making these little shifts in your life, like decorating your home or zhuzhing up your bed in your bedroom, lighting candles, throwing, you know, new pillows on the bed, you want a lot of soft textures and luscious things. Like you want your bedroom to feel like romance. You don't want it to feel like laundry everywhere, newspapers, you know, unopened mail, pictures of your parents around, like, (laughs) right. (laughs) You want to be thoughtful about, you know, what you're doing, even like artwork, you want your artwork to be like couples and, you know, loving things, water, plants, flowers, anything with like life and love and, and lusciousness, you know, that's what you want to have the energy around you in your bedroom. So that's really important there. And I do little things like rose quartz crystals and the pink lava rock salt lamps and, you know, pink pillows and pink sheets. And one really cool tip I like to tell people is matching lamps and matching nightstands for both sides of the bed. I know we've talked about this before because you don't have room for that, right? Right. (laughs) Unfortunately, no. (laughs) That's just really important. And it's fine if you don't have either side, right? Because you just want the bed to be like balanced and reciprocal on either side. You don't want one side of the bed to have a bigger presence than the other, because that will transfer, transfer into your relationship. So it kind of makes sense if you really think about it. Like, yeah, that's the room is like the bedrooms where the magic happens. This should be treated as such. And so it kind of is like, it's an energy shift and it's a mindset shift. And then you start to perform and create rituals within that, that keep you focused on your hopeful intention, right? Because you're putting on blush sheets on your bed and you're putting flowers on the nightstand and you're thinking in your mind, like this is going to draw in romance and love. Those intentions actually manifest what you want because those thoughts are sending out those wavelengths to the universe as you perform those intentions. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So, and then the same goes for, you know, let's say your kitchen, that's obviously the basis of your health. How do you stock your fridge? How is your pantry stocked? What's in there? Is it clean? Is it organized? Do you have bountiful, natural, healthy foods or just do you like not have anything and you're just ordering fast food all the time? Right. I I love how you really put this focus on the mindset shifts and the internal work that has to accompany these rituals. Because I agree, you know, sometimes if you start adding to a space, but you haven't actually done the internal work that, you know, 
in the case of love, for example, makes you feel like you deserve it or makes you feel like you have space for it, then all of those external fixes and the decorating and all of these things are not going to be so effective. They're just going to be sort of, you know, surface. Exactly. It just won't work. I'll tell you, so I have an interesting story, but I remember one time this guy came to me and he was a pastor at a local church and he was like, I just, you know, I'm a big follower of your blog and, you know, I just wanted to reach out to you and grab coffee. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I thought it was a little strange because he's like married and a pastor of a church. I just, it was weird. And he was like, you know, kind of flirty with me and kind of nice. And I just was like, okay, I don't get it. But I, you know, kept talking to him and I shared with him my philosophy, like just what I'm telling you guys, your home is an expression of how you are. And so he said, well, that's so funny because my home is so interesting. And I said, why? And he goes, you could walk in my home and you would think magazine. He's like, it is decorated and designed so well. It's like perfect and pristine that you open one drawer or one cabinet and it's like chaos inside. Oh yeah. A total shit show. <laughs> total shit show. And so, you know, I said to him and I go, so you realize this is you, this is the point of what I'm telling you, you know, that explains you. So what are you hiding inside? And he goes, well, I'm gay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he had this huge part of himself that he was shielding from the world just this in the same in the same exact way that he was shielding like his mass yeah. and his sort of chaos in his home yes. from that pristine look. Yes. Wow. And he has on the outside his life is picture perfect. He's a pastor, he's married to this gorgeous woman, you know, he like live this beautiful life, have this gorgeous home, but inside he is just miserable and dying inside. His dream was to be an interior designer and live in New York City and you know, be with men, but it's just not possible for him because he's living in, you know, his own, you know, mental struggles, which he has to figure out, you know, how to figure out his life. And I don't actually know what's going on with him to this day. But my point was to just show you how much your home really, really, really is a reflection of where you are in life. It is. But so the good news about it is that your life is just like a shift away. It is a, just a transformation away. You can also, so I'll just share a little bit about my story. And I feel like I've always had a grip kind of like on this concept, but I still, you know, too looking back experience this. And I was in a time in my life where I'm living in New York. I am living this glamorous life. I'm like living it up thinking, you know, everything is amazing. I am at the top of my career. I'm killing it. I'm just designing homes. I am traveling the country, speaking to interior designers and to people. I mean, I'm just like killing it. Okay. Yet at the same time, I, there was something in me that was like burnt out and, you know, not really super fulfilled at the soul level and tired and exhausted and just bored and just all of these things like stuck in a way. And I felt this deep, like yearning to be doing something more or doing something else, but also this like stuckness thinking like, I can't leave this this like brand, this box, this like life, this identity I've created for myself. 
And here I was living in New York and this, like everything I own is like in 350 square feet. And the truth about me is I'm actually like claustrophobic in small spaces. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I like denied that in myself for so long, but it, because it's like what you have to do to live in New York, that's just like how it is. But it, it just was interesting because it really did create this part of me that was like overworked, exhausted. And so I was always out of the house and working so hard and going, 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 but I wasn't, I didn't have like a balanced life, but I also didn't have a balanced home. I couldn't cook at home. There was no kitchen there. You know, the effect that that living in those ways had on me was like detrimental. Absolutely. So it's just interesting how that kind of like works out. It really is, you know, and what really what I get from all of these different stories is that it ultimately comes down to authenticity. And if you're not being authentic in your life, or you feel that it's not safe to be authentic in your life, that's going to show in the home and vice versa. Exactly. And so I think about probably a lot of people listening, and I can definitely relate to this as well, who feel like their home or their office space or the space that they do their work in, you know, for me, for example, I do most of my work at home. I, you know, go to cafes and work occasionally, but most of my work I do on my bed or on my kitchen table. <laughs> and, you know, there are definitely aspects of those spaces that are inspiring to me, but they don't always feel like the most authentic expression of not just who I am, but where I'm going. And so how do we reconcile that, you know, so-called reality with that bigger vision? How do we create maybe on a smaller scale, a space that is authentic so that we can really allow it to serve us as we step into the next phase of our transformation? So that's a really good question. And so, you know, the first thing is like, you have to get clear on how to tap into your intuition and you can totally do this at home. And you, you want to make a safe space for yourself to really like tune into what feels good to you. So for example, maybe your home, you feel like, Oh, well, I don't really have a lot of money or I'm not living in this space forever. I'm not going to take care of it. I'm not going to decorate it. I'm not going to paint the walls or buy any kind of good furniture because you know what? I'm not going to be here forever. Well, right there is like a block of exactly your authenticity, your true desire, because you're telling yourself you're not there yet. And you're going to live in a perpetual state of like never being there, never being happy, never being, never like this is it. Ah, wow. That really resonates. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a big one. That's a lot of people like I'm not in my dream home yet. So I'm not going to buy that really nice couch I really want because I'm waiting for my big space or I hate this place. I'm just waiting to find the right place before I buy things like I'm just, you know, just looking. And so you let everything around you pile up and, you know, you're not taking care of it. Well, ultimately you're just not taking care of yourself and your well-being, you know. It's true. I mean, they say, you know, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And this is definitely That's a, right. a, definitely a case of that right here. That's right. And your home has to support you in your life. So if you don't have a home that is going to have you sleeping comfortably and sleeping well, having you feeling relaxed and tranquil after a long day, support you in working to the best of your ability, 
having a closet that is organized so that when you get dressed, you know, you're doing it confidently and you feel good about yourself. If you're not able to like take long showers or luxurious baths, you're not really getting, you know, that rest and that true like self-care. There, there's so many things that if your home is not set up to support you, it's like imagine a boxer going boxing without that water man holding him water in his mouth or giving him that massage or wiping off his sweat. Like as a woman or a man in this world, you need to be going out giving the best of who you are. If you want a beautiful life, you know, if you want money, if you want good relationships, if you want to change the world and have an effect on your community, you know, all those things you need to be taken care of and supported and nurtured. And you can set up your home to do that by, you know, setting up a little altar in your home, putting fabrics around that you love and light you up, burning candles that smell fantastic, having dishes that make you love mindful eating. It's, it's like all these little things, you know, and it doesn't have to be like a million dollars or going to shop at high-end stores to furnish your space. You can get clever. You can, I don't know, you know what you have around you, but there's like antique shops and thrift shops and, you know, just cute places, even online that you can order affordable items to just kind of put your personality, your touch on your surroundings. For sure. You know, it really is, like you said, you have to show up up in your fullest way in every way. And so if we have a space that we've put that energy into that allows us to bring our own energy, our own gifts into the world and create more impact. Totally. I mean, just think if you were like, okay, if you're like a queen or a princess or something, you are getting nurtured on from every angle, right? Someone's dressing you, doing your makeup, like supporting, doing all these things so that you can go be you. Well, that's what the world needs from you too. It needs you to be you. Your home can support you in that. It absolutely can. It's like your home should be like your BFF. Uh, I think that was my last podcast title. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You're, I actually saw that. I haven't listened yet, but I I saw that. I And I love that because I had feng shui on the mind and I was thinking, yeah, you know, I've been thinking a lot about money and my relationship with money. And if, you know, money was a person, what my behavior towards it would indicate about the relationship, right? And I agree, it's the same with your home or your office or your studio, or your creative space. If you don't really put energy and love into it the way you would with a treasured friend, you're not necessarily going to be at your most creative in that space. Exactly. Exactly. And you you know, you can use your your home to manifest money too. I mean, you go to your closet and you clean out your closet and you only have in there things that are like beautiful, well taken care of, that you love, that make you feel good and you make room for more. Whenever you make room for more in your home, like abundance will flood into you. I agree completely. I'm doing a little mini closet clean out now. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> good, good. I highly recommend like throwing out anything that ties you to old energy. So like, you know, I think I said this in my last podcast, but like if there's a koozie that has like the logo of the last place you worked that you hated, that's stuck in a back drawer, like you need to get it out of your house. Oh yeah. That has got to go. I, I agree completely. You know, so stuff like that. So when you start parting with who you were 
and creating space for the woman or the person that you really want to be, it's like naturally God and the universe wants to give you that. You just have to make the space for it to show up. For sure. And I love how these ideas are really these little mini rituals. There are these things that we don't necessarily think of as rituals, like cleaning out a closet. But I, that's something that for me has always been very therapeutic. And that's something I've done as a ritual quite a lot. And so I would love you to speak on, you know, with your focus on rituals in the home and in the creative space, in your office, how can we use rituals to embody the vision we have for ourselves to become more successful, to achieve our goals, regardless of whether those goals may be in terms of love, in terms of money, career, creativity, what rituals can we use to draw in what we desire into the home? Okay. So here's a secret and I don't know if I should be saying this, but whatever. So <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> you can turn anything into a ritual. It's all about the mindset shift. So you can turn brushing your teeth into a ritual by changing your mind about it and making it intentional. So for me, it's one of my favorite rituals. And you know, when I get up in the morning, one of the very first things I do is go brush my teeth because I just like cannot stand morning breath. And it's just like bothers me so much. I even like let my baby cry a little if I have to sometimes, but I'm like, I'm brushing my teeth, but I get up and I, and I brush my teeth and I have this intention of like cleansing my mouth and cleansing my words. And I use the brushing of the teeth as like a metaphor, but it's like a ritual to symbolize that I am making sure to clean my mouth out the words that I speak, the thoughts that I think, how I talk to myself in a way that supports, nurtures, honors, and respects myself. I love that. So this is like a two minute, like everyday thing that you do and you can shift it and turn it into this like beautiful self-supportive ritual. I love that. You know, I really love the idea always of using what we have, in this case, the things we're already doing to add more spiritual joy. And as you say, bliss into our everyday lives. Yes. And this is like what, so this is the book that I'm writing that I'm coming out with. Like that's like the premise of it. It's like, it's really not about, okay, tell me the secret rituals, which I feel like everyone out there is talking about. Like, add five rose petals to the bathtub, which I mean, I love all that stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, but it really, you know, rituals are, you know, something that we can create on our own. And it's not like it has to be this huge extra like endeavor. You can actually turn anything you already do into a beautiful ritual. For sure. You know, you really can. It ultimately comes down to the mindset and into the internal shift you're willing to make as you do something that's seemingly mundane. I think you're, one thing that you do so well is you are so good at talking about how we can really bring bliss and joy into these smaller moments. And you know, it's really easy for me to look at, say, my everyday life to the things like when I get ready in the morning, these different things, how I get ready at night, how I can use those practices that I engage in to you know, really get in touch with my soul and get in touch with my, my greater vision for my life. But I would love to talk now about business. So you know, as two entrepreneurs, I would love to talk about how we can bring that same sense of love and bliss and joy into the daily activities of our business, whether we're 
in business with ourselves or even for those of us who have regular jobs that we're going to, you know, every day? Yeah. I mean, this is such a beautiful question, but it's also, I feel like very complex and it takes a lot to probably fully answer your question, but I'll share a few things that, you know, come to the top of my head. But when I learned that spirituality plays such a huge role in the success of your business. Like everything sort of changed and shifted for me. I used to be like hustle, 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 go, go, go. I mean, I like started my game in New York, actually started it in LA, but I moved to New York quickly because I'm so good at hustling. I'm like a Capricorn. I'm like super overachiever. Yep. <laughs> Capricorn <Yeah. laughs> life. <laughs> okay. I'm driven. Like I can do it. Okay. Hustling is like my middle name. I love it. And it, all that did was burn me out, get me in a funk, have me feeling like, you know, I'm just not doing what my soul wants to do. And I knew it on a deeper level. You know it because it, exposes itself in different parts of your life, like feeling bored, not in good relationship, um, not never feeling like you're making enough money, always kind of feeling like something's missing or you're after something else. And so when I began practicing meditation, journaling, and just trying to reconnect myself with my inner feminine, like divine self, it had a big shift for me. And I don't think it's like an overnight thing. I think it's a process with yourself and like uncovering and unfolding and sort of pinpointing what it is that you really want that will serve you more in business. So for example, you know, you asked about entrepreneurship, but let's talk about like, if you're working in a corporate work environment and you look at your job, like I'm going in, let's say you're like a secretary or something or admin, and you're just going in, you're doing this job every day, you're entering numbers, or you are sending and responding to emails or setting up travel, setting up appointments, you know, doing stuff that doesn't light you up. You're not really into it, but maybe you're good at it. So it feels good to you that's a spiritual part and process. But what if you came into work every day, slow and mindful about how you were going to affect your day, whether that is through your work or through the people at your work and the people that you connect with, like, how do you want to leave a legacy? How do you want to be known? How do you want to share, you know, your inner story with the world? Like what what drives you, what fuels you, what impacts you. And if you can't find that, then that's where the spiritual like breakdown is, right? Or like the disconnect. And so you just try to keep taking it back to finding your core, your center, your soul. Like what is it that you want to be doing? And that's totally something that we can do anywhere. We can do that regardless of, you know, what our business or what our professional life looks like. Totally. It can be in anything. Like, let's say you're a zookeeper (laughs) and you want to like, you know, share the fact that you grew up with an abusive alcoholic father and he transformed his life and you transformed his life or something. And there's like something deep in you that you want to teach people about or share a certain message. Like you can do that by the interactions that you have with anyone comes to the zoo. It doesn't necessarily have to be about what you're doing but that who you're being in your work, it shows up. It really does. It really does. So I would love, uh, I want to hear about what your favorite 
rituals are right now. So what are the rituals that you use in your own life to keep yourself blissful, aligned, and really shining bright in the world as you shift the type of impact you want to create? That's such a good question because it's so interesting and it's so not what it used to be. So for me, before I had my baby, I would like get up in the morning and meditate for hours and take long bubble baths and pray and really get Zen. And I have all this time to really like devote to my spiritual practice. (laughs) And now it's like, I have zero, like, you know, it's barely any time. But what I've found is that I just focus on what feels good. And this is a really like crazy little ritual that I do. I just kind of wake up and see what I feel like, what am I feeling today? You know, and maybe some days that's like stressed, I'm tired, I'm whatever. So I rest. Like I listen to my inner, you know, goddess, inner self, inner divine. And I just know what I want to do. And I've been practicing that for so long that now it's like, it's such a fast, quick thing for me. Like I already know upon going to bed. And so that's another one. Like right before I go to bed, there's a ritual I love to do. And it's like writing out if I, if there was no limits in the world, okay. And I could do be and have whatever I write it down in a journal and then I go to sleep or like, maybe I'll watch a little TV or do something and then I'll go to sleep. But I've like fully like sat in thought, pulled out my dreams from my soul, gotten them out on paper. And then maybe I'll have crazy dreams or maybe I'll wake up with like this idea. And that feels good to me. That excites me. And so I go do that. So I really like focus on what lights me up and inspires me. I focus on feeling good and I slow down enough to listen to like what is going on within me right now. You know, it's so beautiful because sometimes I think we get really distracted by all of the sort of add the ritual add ons. (laughs) And Not that those can't be fun. Of course they can be. And sometimes they really feel aligned. But sometimes, and I see this happening with more and more people, they become sort of a to-do list item. And we're thinking like, okay, I have to get up. I need to like meditate. I need to do this. I need to do that. And we forget that we can really just go inward on a daily basis and really inquire as to what our soul needs in that moment. It's totally like that simple. It really is. It really is that simple. And, you know, it's not about turning into something that you're not or wishing that your circumstances were different. Of course, you know, sometimes, I mean, many of our circumstances are in our control. But I mean, in your case with a baby, you really can't control, you know, the needs of your child in the morning. And so you have to make that shift. And I've actually really loved, I know you've talked about online a few times that you've brought Roman into your rituals, you know, into little gratitude rituals in the mornings and things like that. And I just love how your rituals have evolved with you rather than, I mean, of course, I'm sure there are times when you're like, I wish I could meditate for hours and take a bath, but you've let them evolve. And in that sense, it really allows you to have gratitude for where you are now. Yeah. I mean, and listen, don't get me wrong. There are like many days where I'm like, I need a nanny. Like I cannot take getting up this early. Like this is so stressful. Like it is not perfect. I am not in the perfect like 
home or the perfect situation, or, you know, I don't have people taking care of my kid all day and I can do whatever I want. Like, no, it's a mess. <laughs> it is everything in my life with this newborn, you know, he's about to be one, but it's messy. It, and it's so crazy because it's like, God brought me to like, from this, like, place where I could like be spiritual all day if I needed to. And then threw me in a position where like, I had no time for the fluff. Exactly. And I had to get down to the core quickly, but you're right. Like I did, I, you know, I love being a mom and I love him. And so I kind of bring him in my world by like, we, I pick him up in the morning when he gets out of bed and I open the window and you know, he's like groggy and attitude, like still waking up like, and I'm like, Roman, it's a beautiful day. Look, something amazing is going to happen today. And I like, I say it every day. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. (laughs) We all should say that every morning (laughs) to ourselves. And it's fun to him. And I feel like he actually like knows he like now expects it like, okay, where's my beautiful day? And he like loves to like stand on the windowsill and look out the window and see the pool and the palm trees and just like, you know, really focus on it. And it's like, just a little thing and it's not a big deal, but it's like, I am committing to what feels good. I'm setting an intention for the day. I am being mindful. Like it makes me feel good as a mom because I'm being mindful about how I'm mothering and that feels good. And when things feel good, it it nourishes your soul. You know, it makes you feel aligned. It's just so good and like juicy. It truly, it truly does. And it truly is. <laughs> and, you know, ultimately that, that word messy is important because the world is messy. World on this earth, on this physical plane of the earth is messy. And so often a lot of spiritual practice is aimed. Well, I don't believe this is true in like real deep spiritual practice, but a lot of what we see of spiritual practice, like on Instagram, for example, is very two-dimensional and it almost seems like the goal is to cleanse away that mess and, you know, as in a way becoming like ascended when the reality is real spirituality is as messy as life is. And embracing that is a real spiritual practice rather than just trying to wash it away. Totally. Totally. And you know, it's so interesting. I don't know. You said your last guest was a feng shui person, but they, did they actually explain what feng shui is? It's like the words mean like wind and water. And so when you think about the ocean, like crashing against the air, Okay. Like the wind and water, it's like ocean waves, oceans crashing. It's like this explosion. It's like this energy, this beautiful mess, mm-hmm. a beautiful mess. I love it, but it a beautiful mess, but it like creates harmony. And it's this perfect exchange of energy between wind and water, like air and water. And that's what like the premise of like feng shui lifestyle is. It is a flow and a perfect energy exchange of like everything, like the trees and the air, the, you know, you and your home, you and your partner, you know, you want that energy to flow. You want it to be like optimal. And when you roll with the messy, you get to be in that optimal, you know, flow instead of like fighting against it, which creates, you know, it's resistance. So it creates leakages and blocks and everything, all that. That is absolutely beautiful. And I agree completely because, 
you know, when we try to deny our true nature, what tends to happen is we just get frustrated because that's just not what we're here. Not what we're here to do, at least in my opinion. Totally. It's so true. Like, and then this is where you get into like your soul's purpose. Right. And you just keep, you can keep going deeper. And the beauty of it, I feel like, is that like it never ends. You know, we're always figuring something out. We're always evolving, always growing, always, you know, becoming a better version of ourselves. It's true. It never ends. Well, I want to thank you so, so much for coming on the show with me today to talk about these beautiful rituals we can incorporate into our physical spaces, into the habits of our lives, and into really the structure of our lives to make them more beautiful, more joyous, and more fulfilling. So to close out, is there anything else you'd like to share with the world? I would love for you to tell our listeners where they can find more out about your work and what other projects you have in the work for us in the coming months. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, my book, Blissful Living Rituals, is coming out this year at some point. I'm not quite sure on the date, but it'll be here soon. And then I'm also launching a course this summer called The High Vibe Home. And it really is going to be all about the rituals and how you can incorporate these like mindful elements of living into your life to achieve your own personal bliss and to keep evolving and going on the right path and ultimately find your flow. So that's coming soon. You guys can find me at thedecorista.com is my blog and website. And then on Instagram at, at Ashlina Caposta. And I pretty much share everything there. So that, those are the two places you really can find me. And then, oh, wait, hello, my podcast. podcast. Of course. <laughs> the Blue Sides Only podcast. That's super fun too. And I share a lot of fun stuff there too. So come take a listen. And I will have links to all of those websites and everything in the show notes. So if anyone's listening, go ahead, hit the show notes, and you can get all of the links to – not only Ashlina's different offerings, but her books and her beautiful shop online where you can purchase amazing spiritual jewelry as well as other goodies to assist you on your modern spiritual journey. Thank you so much, Ashlina, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so beautiful. Thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to find out more about Ashlina and her work, click on the show notes. And if you have any questions for Ashlina, feel free to reach out to her on Instagram or reach out to me and I will direct your questions to her as well. Thank you for listening and I hope you all have a beautiful week. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star review in the Apple Podcast app and share it with a friend. I would love to hear from you. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. DM me at rebirth underscore of Venus. And be sure to grab your free ritual guide at rebirthofvenus.com.